Hi guys, this is Timmy Nebraska with the, with the Nebraska Hour. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, you can call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you don't have a gambling problem, let's make some money. You are now listening to... That's Cornelius. He is in Denver, Colorado. I am McGee, and I am in East Riches, New York. Uh, been a while, man. Missed you, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> we, always, we always start at the same place. What are you smoking today, my friend? Today, I am smoking the Prinsado Lost Art um, by... I've had this cigar. Yeah. Yeah. This is it, a great cigar. It uh it's made by Alec Bradley. That's right. And uh it's just one of those cigars that, you know, I mean it's not morning here, it's not definitely not morning there. Uh I think you're still two hours ahead of me, right? Correct. So uh I needed something you know, a little not too strong, not too uh, light, because uh, I've already had breakfast or brunch, if you will. But yeah. this has uh, has like a little sweet molasses taste to it with a little bit of hickory and wood and uh, finishes off with a little bit of coffee, which I definitely don't need any more coffee. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great cigar. It's a nice, nicely packed cigar. It's got a lot of um, smoke on the uh, draw. So, yeah, I just picked it out and said this would be a great cigar to yeah. smoke yeah, right it, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Alec Bradley, um, the Alec Bradley booth at the the big smoke meets whiskey fest that I was at last week with yeah. our uh, friend of the pod, Rude Boys Fun. He and mm-hmm. I went to um, before I left Miami to ride north. The Alec Bradley booth was crazy. I mean, they had mm. uh, the longest line of the entire place. They mm. had, uh, I mean, they were showing everything off. I forget what they were giving away. I could, actually, I should actually go check. So my humor mm-hmm. was one room away. But I have a couple. Um, but uh, it was a, it was a, a pretty crazy experience, man. They had everybody out there, man. They had the full army out there, p- pressing hands and uh, chatting with all the people. It was really a, it was really a fun day, man. They did a good job, cigar aficionado, and um, I see. I think the whiskey advocate is the magazine, and they they teamed up, they collaborated on a festival, and it was it was great. Our our friends from Uncle Nearest were there, mm-hmm. um, and I was having a. Honestly, I didn't really drink any other whiskey the whole time I was there. There was probably a hundred whiskeys in the room, and I just became buddies with uh, with the guys from Uncle Nearest, the same dudes uh, that came to Capital Cigars. I remembered them, you know, when, yeah, when I saw them. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was, I was I was kicking it with them, and then uh, bouncing around all the cigar spots. It was cool. The uh, Patels were, were all there. Rocky and uh, uh, his brother, who uh, I forget what his name is. What his brother's name is Nish. 
Mish. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I made, made, made some friends and made some new friends and smoked some good cigars. It was a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the, uh, uncle nearest will, we'll be putting together another event here good. soon. Uh, good. we did one last July, uh, Greg, who is our contact there at, uh, uncle nearest. He'll be back in soon. And, uh, he was here yesterday and we sat down and talked up how to do, uh, I mean, the last event was just, it was crazy. I mean, we yeah. had a, a really, really good event. So the next one, uh, we want to make sure is, uh, even better. So, um, this isn't like a paid endorsement. Like we, we you and I both like legit like that whiskey. Like it's oh, yeah. not like we're just pumping something because it has a cool name or it has no. a great story, which it does both of it, but that's a mm-hmm. fantastic product. Um, were you I drinking the 1856? No, I was just having their regular their 18, regular, four, 1884 with the yeah. white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I had, and my friend, I had plenty. <laughs> Lenti definitely took an Uber back, uh, Uber out, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, out of the Hard Rock Casino, which mm-hmm. also great place for an event, man. They threw one heck of a party as you walked around, walked, worked the room and hit all the rooms and smoked your cigar. And I mean, not the rooms, uh, hit all the booths and, mm-hmm. and smoked your cigar and, and, and sipped all your whiskey. There was just these incredible food spreads, like every mm-hmm. couple booths, just that like, people just carving meats and like putting out killer pasta dishes. And like, it was just incredible. The mm-hmm. like, they really, uh, the hard rock did a bang up job. Like it really was a good time. Now this, that is me pandering. Cause I want, I want, I want hard rock. To be like, hey, heard you were talking nice about us on the podcast. What I have whenever I go in there, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. um, but it's also the truth, man. They put one hell of a one hell of an event together. I had a good time. Yeah the uh, the uh, um, big smoke in Vegas. Are we going? Is, it's uh, in November, right? November. Yeah, usually it's the second week. They they always do it right around the same time. So, uh, so that's it as well is just an unbelievable event i mean we better we better commit to it soon because i have a conversation about a really big adventure in november that would okay. involve me going away for a while and, and not in like a bad way fun way uh, uh. but if, if, uh, so if we're gonna lock this in let's commit to it and do it and then um i'll just go after but gotcha. I, I have gotcha. a, a buddy of mine is heading to indonesia and thailand like, oh wow kind of want to go <laughs> kind of yeah. want to go on that trip right that's yeah. fun so we'll yeah see. that's kind of like uh jeff i don't know jeff uh you know jeff the tall guy sits in the corner every yeah. day yeah. yeah he ran away to thailand thailand and in- indonesia for like three years straight um i don't think he went this oh, year this actually long ago this isn't like since i left there no, this was oh, right oh, right oh. before COVID. I don't think he's been since COVID, but I, I've heard him say that uh, he, he, you know, he likes it so that, much that that's where he likes to vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he wants to make it an annual trip. So he'll probably be uh, heading there this year, if not next year. But you know, I've uh, never been. When I lived in Japan, mm-hmm. I had a trip scheduled to Thailand for my birthday. I was going to go kick it on the beach, freaking relax do nothing and like i don't know three weeks or a month before i was supposed to go um that remember that enormous tsunami that hit in like oh four or five i forget which year oh four 
must have been 04. Um, mm. It completely wiped out the hotel I was going to be staying in like a month later. So mm-hmm. um, obviously I canceled that trip and yeah. did something else. But, I, you know, that was the closest I got to Thailand. And mm-hmm. now uh, I'd like to take another stab at that vacation. I bet I can do it well. Yeah. Um, um, big ups to Dayan. Uh, he came in, recorded, oh, he uh, yeah, he recorded the music video here in the Cigar Lounge at 919 East Colfax, Denver, Colorado, That's Capital right. Cigars. He, it's uh, the finest <clears throat> cigar lounge on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, he, I didn't uh, know if he, if he came through or not. I mean, I knew he went a couple weeks ago and recorded the, the music video. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it's out yet. I've been, um, doing some stuff with him and staying in touch with him. Um, I knew he was in Denver this weekend. Did he stop in and say hi? He did. He did. He did. We're working on doing a private event uh, in the summer as well. So once again, still, you know, just uh, uh, I saw the video. It's not released yet, but, you know, I was, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's an understatement. I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's like, hey, this turned out pretty good. You know, of course. I believe it's uh I believe he I believe he's up under Rick Ross's label. Well uh, the the collaborator on the on that song is and um I know there's conversations going on and stuff like that, but the yeah. collaborator on the song uh is signed to MMG. And ah. um what's great about Dylan is he he worked with a great video, uh, a great young video director early on in his career liked the work and just said, yo, let's work together forever, right? And yeah. they, and so for as long as I've known him, and that's geez, that's about 10 years now. He's uh-huh. been putting out fire visuals. Like he's always made it a focus of his of his career to to not just be releasing audio content, but also mm-hmm. audio video video. And it's quite yeah, good. You know, it's he quite did, good. he didn't let down on this one. Uh the uh uh he the 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 guy I believe you're talking about was here in person. Sean when, is his name. Was he yeah. There? Yeah. Cool no, he, he was here in person when we did a interview right. uh, a couple of years back. That's yeah, right. he was. The, was he the he was the second guest we've ever had on the podcast? Yeah. 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 You know, it, you know, I, I don't know if you recognize or you realize, but because we've been making, you know, now we've we've gone from one show to three shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we this episode that we're doing right now is going to mm-hmm. be like. I think it's going to be like the 279th podcast episode that the network has put out that BYAPN, the Get Your Ash podcast network has put out. Be yapping, BYAPN, man. Uh, Man, we just, we be yapping. We be yapping about cigars. We be yapping about sports. We be yapping about gambling. Golf. You name it. So. Golf, are you you mentioned golf. Golf's crazy right now because they're splintering. It's splintering into two leagues. And this is. I mean, can I? Can that be good for the PGA? I, I mean, it's going to be. Oh, oh, okay. I think it could be bad for the PGA. Uh huh. Maybe, maybe, but I think it could be great for golf. Mm-hmm. Right. Think mm-hmm. about when the WWE and the WCW were having those rivals. That that was it. Brought people back into the game. It was a big deal. You know, you got good guys and bad guys. Like. People are going to pick sides. There's going to be rivalry. There's mm-hmm. going to be subtweeting and, and and shit talking. And I think it's going to be great. And when the, like the guys from Live 
all show up to play at the majors, which they're still have access to because that's not run by PGA. And then the guys from PGA show up at the majors. There's going to be like little, 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 you know, little, little vibe in the air. And I just, I think it's going to be healthy. I think it's going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe in free agency. I believe in all athletes should have the right to play wherever they want to play. And I don't like PGA trying to say, no, you can't, you can't come back if you go there or, oh, sorry. That, ow, that kind of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, well, so we'll see what happens, but I'm excited. I think that there's going to be, um, I think that it's just, it's just good for golf, man. It's going to bring attention mm-hmm. to it. You know, it's, it's a little controversy. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and there's some pretty well-known names. I mean, like yeah, Dustin man. Johnson just resigned Mickelson, yeah. of course, uh Kamer, um brand i mean there's there's a bunch of dudes with um with majors you know what i mean like ian poulter's won majors and sergio mm-hmm. garcia's won majors these are past major champions these are big names and i think it's probably indicative of something to come i imagine there's a couple other people that are gonna wait and make sure the guy who wins this weekend this weekend the guy is gonna get four million dollars whoever is the best golfer in the three-day tournament He's mm-hmm. going to get $4 million. That's better than almost all the tournaments in the PGA all year. And wow. I think there's going to be other golfers that just want to make sure that guy's check doesn't bounce. You know what I mean? Make sure <laughs> yeah. the check comes through. And if they're like, hey, the money's that good, that's real. All right, I'm coming. I think really? there's going to be a few more, man. Um, uh, it's good. I think, I think, I think, I think the USFL, the NFL thing, you know, was kind of a rivalry for a while. And, uh-huh. you know, like it's Herschel Walker story. Like it's people going to you know, BGA needs to step up their treatment of their players, maybe, if they don't want them to be jumping ship to somewhere else. No, and you're right. I mean, uh, there's players who've already committed to, you know, future events, which they'll probably be suspended, like DeChambeau. DeChambeau. That's uh, a big name there, too. That's a big one. That's Mm -hmm. a big one. He he draws Uh, a crowd because... People like to root for him. Some people like to root for him and see how far he hits it, but more mm-hmm. people like to root against him. And right. it seems like there's a lot of those guys going over to this live <laughs> tour. Mm-hmm. Like, like Dustin Johnson has a touch of bad guy. You know, Phil Mickelson's mm-hmm. always had a touch of bad guy. That's why he's always dressed in all black, like Johnny Cash. Like he fashions yeah. himself some sort of like outlaw. You know, mm-hmm. he's a gambler. You know, he's like us, man. He wants to step into the poker player and throw it on the table and be like, look, my hand's bigger. You know, like he's, 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 I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, see, know, we'll see. We'll see. It's something and, to talk about. Uh, and, and, and golf hasn't had action. You know, like mm-hmm. there hasn't been anything like sexy or sizzling about golf in years. So it's yeah. Good. It's good. Yeah. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, and, and, the fact that, like you said, a lot of these people have majors, you know, uh, a lot of these, some of these golfers are, some of the ones are still a little bit young. So the question is, Hey, you know, are they, are they just like, you know what, screw my legacy in the PGA. Yep. I'm going to go golf here. You know? And I think it's going to be great for us. Cause we're going to take it seriously. And we're going to be talking about it. I think that I'm, I'm, I'm in talks with a new addition to the the BYAPN, B-Yappin, a, a mm-hmm. team uh, of bringing on a, a, a live golf analyst for us who's just going to check in and cover 
cover all things live golf and, and right. check in after every one of their events um, yeah. either on this pod or on the nebraska hour or on you know byap uh sorry uh uh by bushwood depending mm-hmm. on which um which pods were running that week you know he'll just pop on and be like hey this is what happened on live you know we're gonna we're gonna take it seriously and yeah, so yeah. it could be good for us we'll put out some cool live live golf focused content yeah um catching so, up on so- oh, yeah. go ahead. i was gonna say um speaking of content real quick mm-hmm. it's time buddy it's time it's becoming a staple of summers right we're gonna have to get rolling on our NFL divisional previews, we should probably start next, you know, next week, week after. But we don't want to put it off too long because we got eight of them to do for this summer. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's always NFL time. Yeah, <laughs> so they've done well at, at scheduling their social calendar in such a way that we keep talking about them, whether they're in season or out of season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and then. Um, you know, before we get to the NFL, we still have, uh, well, we don't talk a lot of hockey, but the NHL is wrapping up the Tampa Bay. I bet is, is it the talk of the town? I mean, you're there. Yeah. Uh, the avalanche are here in Denver are already, you know, they're already in the, uh, uh, final in the finals. And, and it, can you tell from talking to people in the lounge or as you're out and about town? I know you spent, I know you, you're, mm-hmm. you're at the lounge all the time, but can yeah. you, um, can you tell from chatting with people, like if there's a preference on if they want to play New York or Tampa? No, no. I, I think uh, the Avalanche is a favorite. They're a favorite in either one of these matchups, whether it's the New York Rangers or the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, in no one particular, I think they beat them. They beat both teams. Uh, I think they beat them well throughout the year, if I recall. Uh, so I don't think it really matters. You know, they're just waiting to waiting to as a matter of fact i've heard more conversation about what the celebration is going to be like than who oh. uh, yeah i know uh oh it sounds like it's in the city counting their chickens before yeah, they hatch, exactly you know i'm like oh really you how know many eggs so. you guys got how many omelets are we making are you sure yeah. about that <laughs> so they i think you know true avalanche fans uh they're confident though they're yeah. really confident yeah, yeah. I know yeah. nothing about hockey, but look at us. We just we just covered hockey on the podcast. Oh, we did. We did. We us. covered, you know, even though it's the last uh two games of the <laughs> you know, two series of the season. Hop but, in you there know, real quick, right at the end. <laughs> get that in there. But more importantly, something we do know something about is the N, the B, and the A. Right. The NBA. You know, what's going on in the NBA? So um I, uh, I have we. I don't think we've had a closed game since what the Nut series. <laughs> like the, yeah. every game is double digits, man. Um. Well, the first. Uh. The first. True. And the and the game well, seven no. and the Heat Celtics. Game seven Heat Celtics. It was crazy. I was yeah. there. I was uh-huh. guests of some pretty influential people and i was sitting in some in in one of those suites right in the middle of the like court like it was a wild experience bro mm-hmm. wild they, 
every suite there has its own balcony for cigar smoking because it's freaking Miami and you know what I mean? Like Miami right. and, and Florida was built by, by the, by the cigar business. So mm-hmm. every suite has its own little balcony looking at downtown. You could smoke your cigar. You would love it. Brett. That's nice. It's yeah. really nice. You would love it. But uh, let me get to it. That was a very close game. It was mm-hmm. really crazy. I thought the heat were going to come back and somehow force overtime or take it down or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but other than that, like it, let me phrase it like this. It's been the exception as opposed to the rule. This mm-hmm. playoff, right? We've seen so many double digit basketball scores differences, right? And it's just amazing. It's amazing because yeah. what I fell in love with the NBA playoffs were was those wild games where people aren't out of it, even though there's only 40 seconds left and they're down six, you know, seven, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, even in this series, <clears throat> in this series to start, um, the Celtics win by 12 in the first game. Then the Warriors win by 19. Technically, it was probably more than 19, but they win by 19 in the second game. And now, uh, just last night, the Celtics win again by 16. So that's, those are huge swings, right? Huge swings. I think what's important, though, is um, the Celtics what really is standing out is they are very physical with the Warriors. Okay. Last time the Warriors probably in the finals or the conference finals for this matter, that had to deal with something this physical. uh, And I'm talking about all around the court would be uh, the um, Oklahoma city thunder when they took them three, yeah, three, one. And then, the uh, Golden State Warriors came back. Um, <clears throat> for that, for, with that being said, they have, you know, in the paint, completely, you know, outscored them. They their second chance uh, scoring is once again has outscored them. They're so, team. yeah. And, and they're not, you know, I mean, they are a physical, strong, big team, yeah. whereas Golden State is a little bit more of a finesse team. Now, yeah. would that be in think they would give a couple more minutes to Kevon Looney to kind of toughen, toughen the lineup up a little? Well, then that that's where the problem comes in. The problem comes in that um, the Celtics are not only a big and physical team, they're also a good scoring team. So now you have to have someone out there, and I'm not saying that Looney is not completely is a um, a statue, but you have to kind of get small and a little, you know, aggressive in the matchups with them in order to stay with them, you know? So I think they feel that they're probably a little bit more, um, they can score probably a little bit better maybe uh probably match up a little bit better because I remember a 20 some point game out of Kevon Looney last round though I mean it's not mm-hmm. like he's worthless on the offensive end I just feel like you you give him a couple of Draymond's minutes and you let him go you know right it might help right. it might help well I mean then you go to okay you have them both out there at the same time mm, 
gonna love that. Yeah. <laughs> love now, that. now you. I think. I mean, Draymond's a really effective, but I think he can be even more effective with fewer minutes, or just as effective with a mm-hmm. few fewer minutes. And you can give some of those minutes to Kayvon Looney. Hey, uh, he, it's Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. Who am I second guessing? It's Steve Kerr. Like he knows. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like I'm fucking. I'm an idiot. You know, you know, that's what, all I am. I'm just an idiot. Well, who throws money well, at one, of the, one of the things I noticed is um, as far as the defensive end for the Golden State Warriors, I noticed how many times they switched, switched, switched off in order to get um, Curry into a mismatch, which is pretty easy because if you have, um, okay, so if you have uh, Tatum out there, Brown, um, really smart. Keep him away from smart. (laughs) Smart. Well, that's anybody else he could score on easily. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is on the defensive side, Mm -hmm. really the only person you want to. I'm talking about when you have that starting five out there, and then there's smart, and then there's um, um, just Williams the third is just isn't what. no no no. well and he can't he he can't really match the only reason why he'd be a good matchup on smart is because smart is like one of the last scoring options on the floor and he's not as long as tatum or uh, a lot of the other uh, most of the other celtics you know exactly Uh and that's where that's where the problem is with curry but not a problem but i mean that's Eh. and forbid you bring white out there as well because i saw a couple of times when they switch with switch and he was on uh hortford and I'm like, how did that happen? And Hortford's bagging them down, you know? And it's like, whoa. I was like, so the Celtics know what they're doing, too. They're like, hey, they're great team. We're, we're bigger, we're stronger, and we score pretty decently. So we match up well, and we're going to get what we want. I think in that game, too, I don't know if I've ever seen a finals playoff game where uh, the favorite, because I think going into this, uh, Golden State was favored by a little bit. I'm pretty sure that that's changed now. Um, and I would think that someone who's favored in the finals, what was it, 19 turnovers in game two? Wow. I'm like, whoa. I mean, it just seemed like they were throwing the ball. It, my summary in the finals, as it is right now, is it is the Celtics uh, series to lose. I still think it's going to go seven. I just think that that's what happens with these series. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They go seven. And I know the Celtics have won on the road and and they just beat, they just won in Miami in a game seven. Yeah. But I don't know if it, if it, if it makes it to game seven, I I like the Warriors chances. Right. I yeah. like the Warriors' chances at home in Game Seven. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, which the is Celtics. So if, if the Celtics are smart, they don't. They go for the blood. They go for blood oh, right now. Oh my they gosh, they go they for it because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's a it's a must win game for um, Golden State." Uh, for Golden well, State, I would argue it's for Boston. Yeah. For Boston, like you do not you do not want to go back to Golden State. You do not want to go back yeah. with. Uh, you know, being tied up two two. 
right? No, you don't want the best of three series all of a no. sudden with two games in, no. Golden, or in San no. Francisco. It's a yep. whole different experience. You're right. You're, You're right. at home. And I, and I, am I right that after this, they go one in Golden, one yeah. in South? One, yeah, one, okay. One. So, two, so two, yeah. One, one, one. That's what you want. You want them to have to win, win out three yeah. games straight. You want them to have to win. And that goes against the stats um, and not to pull up stats, but, you know, the Celtics have the best win percentage after a loss, I believe, than any team that was in the league uh, this year. I, I believe they're like 15 and one or We've something seen like that. All playoffs, man. All playoffs. They've bounced back better than anybody. Uh, yeah. We'll see if the Warriors can do that because now it's their turn to see if they can bounce back and steal one in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, just like just like the Boston stole that first game in, in, in San Fran. All right. Well, everybody, obviously, when it comes to basketball and it comes to Denver, Colorado, uh, or Colorado, for that matter, there's only one player that is originally from Colorado that sticks out um, that everyone, you know, uh, draws to. And that's Chauncey Billups, right? That's the well, only big, is that the only, like, big-time NBA guy from Colorado? No way. That's born, raised. I guess now that I think about it, like I can't think of anyone off the top yeah. of my head, and I would have because everybody in Colorado would have reminded me that the person was from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. The ten I'm, years yeah, I lived not, out there. Yeah, I'm not saying that played here. I'm just talking no, no, about I get that's it. That from here or born that, there. Yeah, that you know was won a championship like that. Well, now there's the potential for another name, and uh, he plays for the Celtics, and that would be Derek White. Derek White is a Colorado guy, huh? Yeah, he's from he I believe he went to Legend High School or Liberty or Legend, I think he's I called. Uh and I believe he's from Parker, Colorado originally. And yeah. Yeah, and he played at CU. Yeah. Well, I'm I I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. I'm ex- especially game four. I think that we're gonna see a great game out of Golden State and it's really it's now or never for Boston. They got a chance to win it tonight, and if they or not tonight, but in the next game, and uh, mm-hmm. if they can if they can handle it, they can handle it. Yeah, um, uh, it's a wild sports weekend. Yeah, wild sports weekend this weekend. Because in addition to this live golf tournament that we mentioned, in addition to NBA finals, in addition to NHL finals, there's mm-hmm. also an F1 race and a Triple Crown horse race with mm-hmm. with Belmont Stakes. Right here. Oh, right here. That's the one right here in New York. Mm -hmm. That's a train ride away. Yeah. Whoa, I hadn't even thought of that, pal. Jimmy Trifecta is probably already there. Well, speaking of Jimmy Trifecta, I am about to uh, hop on with him and do a little little preview and Mm -hmm. um, talk about basically, you know, Ask him who I should bet on. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. We I need gambling advice, and so we disguise it as an interview and put it on the podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm excited that we're back back to doing this regularly. And let's um let's get rolling on the NFL stuff ASAP and we'll see. And well, you know, it'll be fun to watch what happens with the rest of this NBA finals. Yeah, absolutely. How's that cigar now that you got it? You know, now that you got it going, now that you're a couple, couple puffs into it. Oh, it's really, really good. I mean, you taste this... that molasses, right? That touch of sweetness is it, it kicks in on the aftertaste, like as you're exhaling. Mm-hmm. I remember and it. Abs- I remember it well. Absolutely. I want to, um, and this is a Churchill. I usually 
opt out for a uh, Toro Robusto or something in between. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm nowhere near the end of it, but it is a fantastic smoke. Nice. Well, enjoy that and enjoy your day. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll touch base after the weekend and talk some NFL. All right. All right. Let's see what Jimmy Trifecta has to say. Jimmy Trifecta. What's up, brother? Hey, brother. It's just good to be with you once again in the mm-hmm. Hashtable horse racing. Hey, Belmont Stakes, big homie. Big one. How you feeling? Big one. big one. I happen to. I feel good. I feel good. I'm in New York. I happen to be a, a short train ride or train ride away from the track. Pimlico? No, Pimlico is in, in Maryland. What's this one called? This is Belmont. Belmont. It's the race is the Belmont Stakes, and it is at Belmont. Can we can we pause for a second? You lead the show with this, and I don't want to interject too much. But what I want to say is this. So for the last few races, you and I have either both been in the same state or have been near and around that state when things have happened. And things have happened close for us. So I'll let you take it from there. But I just wanted to give that preface to your crew. Like, things, harmonic convergences is what we call them. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I think that this is just an indication of what's to come. Like next year, we'll be close to the races too, because we'll be at at least one of them, you know, or we'll be around them or whatever. Like, I think that we're doing more and more, you know, I was near Gulfstream this year, you know, like it's all, it's, it's, we're just getting closer. We're just getting closer to living life where we just get to rock seer sucker, smoke cigars and bet on horses. I look forward to the time where you and I can truly just kick our feet up yeah. uh, and have our cigars and seersuckers and get ride up in an RV, park it right outside, <laughs> and just walk in, like literally get off the RV with a drink, like ready to go. And just all we need is the program. We need that program. Let's go. Who do we like in the third? All right. A little warm up action. Let's go. Let me try. McGee in the place to be. You better know if you're betting with me. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right, let's get into this, man. There's only eight horses. There's only eight horses. So I feel like they're not even going to, I mean, like you're not even going to get, there's not even going to be a hundred to one horse because any horse, any of the eight can win, right? When you only, when you have a small field, it means there's more chances of any of these guys winning. It, it, it takes the advantage away from someone, correct? Well, Yes and no. And and I'm happy that you picked up on at least the number in the field. But what I also want to relate to your to your listeners is the distance of the field. It's a it's 11 eighths. So so what we're talking about is a little bit in between what was the Peter Pan stakes, what is a little bit over than Kentucky Oak slash Derby um, and what is in and around what they ran for Preakness. So what you're talking about, as you said, McGee, very well, is a smaller grouping and a distance that all of these horses has have either excuse me ran before or have been successful at latter distances with so this race as i told you off mic my friend this is going to be a a a barn burner excuse the language i don't mean that in a a different way i don't oh you're like as in you don't want to offend the horses (laughs) using the phrase barn burning gotcha 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 bad pun bad pun gotcha (laughs) (laughs) um this is a trip to me because it would seem that for so for me novice at horse racing like you're my horse racing mentor you know what i'm saying but when it comes to this these smaller races, something with eight horses, 
I know nobody's going to be 30, 50, 101. You like, like you'll find in a race with 20 horses, but I'm inclined to like whichever horse is that longer shot at 20 or 25 to one or 18 to one or whatever the longest shot is in a, in a race of eight. I'm more interested than whatever the longest shot is or longest shot is in a race of 20. Am I crazy? Briefly tell me why, why you would think that. And the only reason I ask is because not that I want to combat your point, but I want to understand how you're thinking about how these horses run. So the way I look at it is it's a game theory thing, right? You got eight chances to win this, this race. You got eight chances to win Um, eight contenders, right? Technically, those are the only you know, those are the only outcomes is one of these eight are going to win. And when you only have a. It feels like you can get a bunch. I don't know. It just feels like the slower horse has a better chance of winning in a in a bunch of eight than in a bunch of 20 in a bunch of 20. The slower horse has less. It's less likely the slower horse is able to pass everybody or hold a lead or something but in a field of eight even if you're in last place you only got to pass seven other horses not 19 there's aspects of what you said that are spot on and it's not me negating your point i just wanted to make sure i understood where you were coming from i'm asking you if i'm crazy or like i have no idea like this is just some wild shit in my dome it's not like it's not like any any sort of research i've done or 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 numbers i've ran you know yeah and this might blow your mind you and i have known each other now collectively for 22 years and you are crazy but you are crazy as it relates to this point because you make a wonderful point here um you bring up aspects of the fight of the race right and and that is so true as far as the dog in the fight what you're seeing around you and let's not forget i'm bringing your listeners all the way back to when we first met one another and i talked about the aspects of horse racing that liken itself to my bread and butter which is track and field you put an athlete in a smaller field and don't forget the the sense of smell the sense of taste that goes on the sense of feel right or touch or excuse me that these horses have they know that they're lined up in a gate of fewer than what they have raced in previously so what you're saying is spot on right that horse that's sitting in the gate that might have felt like it's a long shot when they get out of the gate and even though they might have blinders on they know that if they see three in front that i only have two in back that only have three in back you feel what i'm saying So you're exactly right. That 20 to one is a gamer, which is one of the reasons and you have not asked, but that's one of the reasons why my number two horse, which I brought up last time we talked, uh, Slippy Longstockings is a 20 to one. Let's rock. Let's rock. Okay. So I'm not crazy. I'm I'm crazy. I heard both answers. I like it. Um, (laughs) That's my Horses are smart. I heard you say horses are smart and they know how many horses they're racing. And that makes me happy. Um, oh, I meant to send you a picture. I met I met horses this weekend, this week when I was driving up the coast. What? I stopped in Virginia. I saw a friend of ours, and the next day, the next morning, as I was getting ready to leave, I met a horse, and I met her, her like week old foul who's just learning how to walk and was like stumbling. It's adorable. But there's a whole lot of rescue horses all on our homie's property. You'd love it. You'd love you it. You saw a wonderful moment. I'll send you some pics. But uh, <laughs> what I'm getting at is. Um, it seems like 
it seems like I'm uh, like what you're telling me makes me feel a little bit more confident going into this. And I still don't even know what horses to bet on. So let's go. Let's start talking about who you're liking, who you think's going to uh, win and who you think's going to be in the top three uh, with, with the, uh, what is it called? What's it, the horse name? Skippy Longstocking. Love it. Skippy Longstock is the number two horse. So, so here's the thing, big homie. And, and thank you to your listeners for continuing to ride with me as it relates to some of these picks. You picked up on some of these aspects that I want to make sure I give context to, but I'll be very brief just given our time, right? There are other races that each one of these horses have been in or they have been in isolated, right? right? Which is the Peter Pan Stakes, which are the Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby and or the Premier. So each one of these horses have we have seen before um, outside of you and I seeing the uh, Peter Pan stakes, which we need to go to because I hear it's a great event. Let's so we have some info, not only on these horses, but on their jockeys and, of course, their trainers as well. You heard me talk about Skippy Longstockings. Skippy Longstockings needs to be in your mix. It's a 20 to one. I guarantee those odds are going to shift on race day. So just have Skippy Longstockings yeah. somewhere in the there's right. a, they always shift. I mean, we we know that. So this we're looking at at, at numbers two days in advance. Right. There's going to be tons of movement, which is why folks are going to go on rich strike. If you remember, and I know you know, he was eighty to one, man, eighty to one when he won, and now seven to two. That's a big difference, dude, Come from on. one win. Come on. Right. But what we did see from Rich Strike is that that kick at the end is something that's absolutely ridiculous. So we got to understand the length of this course. So you might want to consider Rich Strike. These are my picks. I'm just telling you consideration. Oh, right? yeah, because, you know, he did. He, he really did seem to get faster out there. At I the bet end. you we could look at some numbers and find out if he actually did. But he seemed to. And if you get an extra couple feet, that just means more time for him at that faster pace. And gotcha. don't don't be surprised if that number eight horse Barber Road with Eric Reed gets out there early. I mean, real early. That is a fast horse. He's a gamer, uh, or they are a gamer, and and, and are going to lead the pack. Creative Minister is a, a horse that I've picked before because I absolutely love Todd Fletcher. And here's the horse that two horses, excuse me, that folks have not heard about, but I love the Ortiz brothers. You have heard me, McGee. Yeah, I'm those are your guys. Talk those about the Ortiz guys. brothers. Jose is riding Nest as the third horse, and the sixth horse is Mo Danagal. That's being ridden by Irad Ortiz. Uh, Nest is an eight. Do they work together when they're both out there on the same race? Do they do they box out and stuff like that and try to help each other? Oh, or no, it's just all yeah. about winning. They yeah. don't care. They want to beat each other too much. Uh, wait, I think your listeners are laughing just as much as I am because if they bet like you and I did, we made money off the Ortiz brothers back at the uh, what was that? It's not Derby. It wasn't pre- no. It was no, Derby. it was Gulfstream. Gulfstream. No. No, 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 no. We have publicized and we made money off the Ortiz brothers. So we, we did Gulfstream go pods. Yeah. Maybe it was last year. That. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was last year. No, no, no. You're right. We made money off of the Gulfstream ones. So regardless, my, my question is, do they work together like F1 teams where like you'll have the second guy kind of slowing down just to make sure anybody behind can't catch the first guy? Like or or no, they're just out there trying to win the race. It's similar to how I long jumped against my brother. I do not know you. Perfect. I do not Thank know you. you. We're out That's here exactly what I was wondering. Yeah, everybody's out there for their purse. Yeah. So here we go. Here's for your listeners. Let's go Let's for do Jimmy. It. Who you like? Let, here we go. We're going with Slippy Longstock and somewhere to place a show. Right? Okay. We're going with Nest with Jose Ortiz is the number three horse. Okay. 
And we're going with Mo Denegal with his brother, the six horse with Edrad Ortiz. Okay. So two, three, and six. Now, do you have any concerns when you put money on horses that are next to each other, like the two and the three line? Not at all, because I believe that Barber Road is going to lead everything out. And I believe that my two, three, and six horses are going to have to take a backseat to who's leading, which means that they'll be able to draft to the right. If that course stays dry, then you can take an easy pivot and still stay close to the pole as it relates to your horses relaying off of that pole um, into the straightaway. So I'm not just saying this to say it, listeners, and I'm not just saying this to say it, McGee. I truly believe that these horses can come off of the pole and be successful, but why? What I do want to consider, and this is where it gets tough, and your, your listeners might look at me like I'm crazy, is that creative minister is my oddball. Creative, I mean, I mean, with, with, with Brian Hernandez, with, excuse me, yeah, with Brian Hernandez as the jockey, I'm a bit worried because he could take the middle road. Creative minister loves breaking up the pack. And I've seen this at Oaks, and I've seen it before in other races. So that's why I'm a bit worried. So consider okay. the five horse creative minister, but I'm going with two, three, six, Slippy Long Stockings, Nest, Mo Denegal. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. All right, buddy. Well, we'll talk on Saturday when we're screaming as the horses are crossing the line. Hey, let's make big bucks. Jimmy tried on lot. Talk to you soon. Take care, bro. That was another episode of Bet Your Ash. We like to use this opportunity at the end of podcast to say thank you to some people. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, Binsky, and uh, also Timmy Nebraska, and Court Collins, Casey Flynn, Jimmy Trifecta, and uh, most importantly, you, the listener. Because, uh, you know, without you, what's the point? <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Yo, Mo Mackey. What's good? And what do men do? I don't know. Smoke cigars, watch sports. Uh, yeah, sometimes we do that, man. Shouts out to Maniac McGee and Cornelius holding down the Bet Your Ash podcast. We represent independent artists. It's the Set the Bar Review Mix Show. Artists, submit your music to setthebar11 at gmail.com. You better set the bar. We prefer if you raise it.